This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play. That is that. What a shot. sniffles oh poor boo-boo join the injury list there's plenty of them oh imagine that on a c-fax in 1999 <laughs> injury concerns pulling brackets <laughs> sniffles uh, well do you know that whatever for whatever reason it's just flashed up in my childlike memory i remember seeing on c-fax an injury which i knew nothing of i think it was nicky butt ruled out of the man U fixture on the saturday wisdom teeth and that was news to me as like a seven or eight year old with a sticker book. Thinking, what what are they on about wisdom teeth? And uh, sure enough, asked my dad and then I knew what wisdom teeth were. But they were the glory days, weren't they? On a Friday, flicking through sea facts. Absolutely, they were just to see who was out and, you know, going to the ground, telling that oh, they won't play. And then as soon as you get there, they're announced in the squad. And yeah. you're like, oh, okay, well, sea <laughs> facts has let me down there. All my sticker album has let me down. I don't think that's the point of the sticker album but you had one. Oh yeah i've still got them in the carriage i i other than a world cup or two funnily enough the only one i really did seriously was the swindon town year in the premier league but that's not because it was swindon town it was just because right age right time i think yeah, yeah. i think my, well my first <laughs> big one was 95 6 and then 96 7 and then football cards had a year or two did they really yeah it was um heady times in the grange school uh playground like currency there's a reference to a school in swindon that i don't know but it's it's <laughs> becoming a trademark dan okay well before we talk about the game against sutton um breaking news at time of recording and it's very very positive news indeed swindon borough council have announced that the transfer of the county ground from the council to a joint venture of Swindon Town Football Club and Trust STSC has taken a big step forward. The council's cabinet has just approved the sale at tonight's meeting. The decision now has to be signed off by the scrutiny committee on Monday. Go on the scrutiny committee. Go on the scrutiny. You know it makes sense. So Dan, perfect person to talk to really. You you spent a good few years with the trust, you've seen the blood, sweat and tears that have gone into this venture, um, various versions of it. To be this close, oh, 
must be such a satisfying thing to see, even if it's from afar now. Yeah, it's just, it's such a key building block in the regeneration of our club and the future um, of our club, hopefully knocking about a higher league than that, League Two. Um, as I understand it, the, the council decision this evening was something of a, a formality. Well, that was the hope anyway, and it, it looks like it's transpired like that. It was only an hour long meeting. So, yeah, another hurdle overcome. Up the scrutiny committee on Monday. And then, um, yeah, let's just hope the club continued to take strides off the pitch. We've seen a bit of a blueprint around, you know, what order they want to do the work in, starting with a bit of a strand bank roof and a bit of a tighten up. I suspect that'll be toilets and food kiosks and the like, because it does need uh, a bit of love, doesn't it, the Stratton Bank? Um, Don Rogers, hospitality boxes, a new town end, hotel, conference centre. Um, very exciting. Um, I'm just personally just really, really chuffed we're going to stay at the county ground site, which, um, well, it's where we've all watched Swindon all our lives, right? It's in the town centre. It's got those wonderful tall floodlights, the Rolex clock. It's where we've seen every, you know, Swindon home memory we've got, you've got, my dad had, his dad had. So, yeah, really exciting. I can't wait to see it play out over the next four or five years. Here, here. Well, in terms of the game against Sutton, lovely stuff in, in so much as we, we won. Um, there were three points. I can't commit to say the game was lovely stuff. Yeah, it was certainly, it was tense, wasn't it? It felt like a big game to, to me anyway, where I was sat. Indeed. Right. So this game, pretty ugly. Um, ugly for various reasons, I suppose. Uh, most of those to do with Sutton United, maybe. Is that unfair? And But definitely Mr. Boyson, the referee who made it quite a frustrating watch at times. In terms of Swindon's... Starting lineup: Wallacott, of course, in goal. At the back, we had Odomeo, Hunt, Conroy and Baudry. A Reed in the usual place with Iandolo and Aguilar just in front. Williams and McCurdy out on the wings with Davison up front. So we said hello to McCurdy, um, having returned from suspension. And as expected, he was very much up for it. Oh, yeah, he looked fresh. Um, he looked like a man who was... Desperate to get back front and centre of our Swindon Town mind. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think the the switch to four three three and him going from you know like a central second striker to wide forward has well not that he needed reinvigorating, but it's just it's given him a an even better leash of life. Like he's well Bradford and last night just terrorising left backs and still getting in as many scoring positions as he did when he's playing through the middle of the pitch. So yeah, it's been um it's been a happy change that three five two to four three three. A couple of what was it a month ago now. Um yeah, that could be when we look back in the old end of season reviews, that could be quite a pivotal pivotal time. Because what have we gone now? Six wins in the last eight in the league, four wins from our last five home in the league. That's a big factor too, sorting out the home form. We've been talking about that all season. So, um, are Swindon Town coming to the boil at the right time, Rich? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. But it's super tight up there at the moment, as we'll, as we'll discuss a bit later. I mean, it's just crazy to think, isn't it, that just a week ago to the day I'm recording a pod post-Exeter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, a week again, two wins, and things are okay. I mean, I, I, I won't proclaimed to think that the fan base were absolutely bouncing after that one but we're just grinding them out honestly hand on heart the way the first 20 minutes or so went I thought this was going to be a 6-0 you know you see you see Sutton it did didn't it I mean you saw the lineup from Sutton who had Stuart Nelson as mentioned in the last part he'd been playing for Dorking Wanderers you know over 40 years old on the bench they had Craig Dundas their fitness coach who got on weirdly in injury time, time wasting on our behalf, which was very odd, you know, also in his forties and there were three spaces on their bench. They couldn't complete a, a seven man bench. And you just think, wow, 
what have they got here? And they didn't start well. And again, bring it back to McCurdy. McCurdy was given Ben Wyatt. Oh my goodness, poor Ben Wyatt. Yeah. He was having an absolute horror show. And he wasn't paying badly. He just couldn't keep up with, <laughs> with McCurdy. And it looked like we were going to absolutely steamroll him. It was a really good start, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, you've covered quite a bit of ground there. I think, firstly, we should talk about Sutton. So, you know, that was clearly a much, much weaker Sutton side. I think my my limited research showed, you know, you've got Boulder Wine, who's sort of, you know, wide forward or winger, really, playing up through the middle. Um, Randall, it looked like he was playing on the wrong wrong wing to me, just endlessly cutting in on his right. Never actually went down the line, um, which helped Swindon on a, a few occasions. From what I could see of their midfield, it looked like they had well, four wide players, really. So they're having to use two wide players through the, the centre of midfield. All their centre of midfielders were out. Um, I don't know if that's a regular left-back, Wyatt, but he had a mare. Um, and then, yeah, the, some of the usual names at the back I recognise. Good lift, Kizzy. And, yeah, the... Yeah. Um, so, is that Stuart Nelson of ex-Brentford yep. fame? That's yeah, correct, he's yeah. been around donkeys. He was on champ manager 0102, wasn't he? <laughs> when I was playing that. Well, he's, he's local as well. I think he's um, Stroud, isn't he? I think he used to play for Sirencester in his wow. early days. So I always had him as sort of a, a bogey player. Yeah, he was niggly. Like He would normally have a bit of back and forth with the uh, the town fans in the away end. But yeah, so it's much weaker certain side. You could see clearly from the bench. They had very little in reserve. But after the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, once... I mean... Once they equalised, and the thing with Sutton is they are such a unique threat. In the away fixture, it was a real bombardment. That was a super, super win, winning 2-1 at Sutton back in uh, September, October time, whenever it was. Because um, you really, really have to stand up to the physical test against these. You have to stand up to the, the aerial threats, the long throws, the set pieces. Um, and so even though they were murdered, in the first 20, 25 minutes. And I, I had a friend down from Lincoln who came to watch the game last night. And after about 20 minutes, he turned and said to me, you boys need a second year because you've been that that dominant. And actually then, lo and behold, set piece. Was he offside? Was Baudry blocked? You could probably make cases for both. But that is kind of what Sutton are all about. So long as you're only one nil down, they're only ever a set piece. Um, away from uh, from equalising and they, they did and that seemed to rock Swindon for a good 10 or 15 minutes then um, we did rally we got we got our act together in that sort of five minutes before half time had a couple of more chances uh, Davison header wide and uh, low cross into near post for McCurdy um, so yeah but probably Sutton based on the resources they had available to them the fact they've stayed in the game against the better side, credit to them. Um, and it was a nervy second half when we had to do a lot of defending, if not necessarily lots of clear chances, but lots of territory, lots of crosses. The defenders really, really earned their money last night, for sure. They certainly did. We, didn't, we haven't even given love to, to Swindon for the goal. Um, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, we'll get to it now. Um, Swindon took the lead 14 minutes in. Um, long kick out from Jojo, which a lot of people have been calling for more urgency mm-hmm. from Jojo, exactly where Davison wanted it. Stuart Nelson's got that sort of slight, maybe his age, but that indecision of if I clatter him, I'm gone. And they really don't want me to get sent off. Yeah. Um, and that's enough for Davison to get the ball and... and re- three people in front of him he still had to pull it away and he did so and because of the calamity of the goalkeeper error well it's not an error really he had to do what he had to do but I just felt oh, this is going to be the first of many tonight we are going to fill our boots yeah well fully before that the sort of waves of attack and you know McCurdy and Williams looking dangerous out wide Davison playing well from the middle I don't think we were expecting the goal to come from this sort of route one route um, Wallacott, you know, even before we talk about his assist, I think he had a much, much better game in the air, and in, and you have to against Sutton really. 
Um, I thought it was much more dominant coming to claim crosses. Um, whereas a week ago at Exeter, um, I saw a couple of people who know more about goalkeeping than me questioning um, Walcott's command of his box and being a bit tentative. So looks like he's had a bit of a pep talk or they've, they've worked on that and Wallacott was much better last night. But yeah, the, the kick out to Davison um, was remarkable really because as Wallacott's winding up to kick it out, Davison's gone on his sort of school sports day 100-yard dash and um, <laughs> who knew Davison was so quick? Cool. Normally oh, yeah, he's he got was. his back to goal and he's, he's looking to bring others into play. But yeah, head down, charging like a bull. Super, super kick from Wallacott. God knows what Nelson was doing. Thank God he uh, did go walkies. But yeah, what followed was actually a very, very composed piece of forward play because A, he's got it over Nelson's head. And then you've got two defenders to beat uh, running back towards the line. I think other strikers would have tried to hit that on the full volley. Um, and that's, you know, Sam Parking commented after the match um, on the radio about how easy that chance is actually to go wrong, um, even with the keeper out of play. So, yeah, so Davison, cool as a cucumber, hit it on the half volley, uh, side foot with a bit of curl, just took the defender on the line out of it. Um, yeah, super, super finish. I was really pleased for him too because he's done some big donkey work in the last um, four or five games while he's not been scoring. Um, and yeah, so that was a, a deserved goal for all of his efforts. Uh, what's he got now? Four in 12. And yeah, so he probably looks like a striker over his career in the lower couple of tiers. If he's getting one goal every three games, I think that would be a good return for, for his talent. But uh, you see how much his teammates appreciate him and you know how many people are scoring around him. So, yeah, McCurdy being the prime example. Yeah, in terms of his professional career, or should I say EFL career, uh, Charlton Athletic in the league, three goals in 24 games. One of those goals and nine of those appearances are in the championship. Forest Green Rovers, three goals in 20 and four goals in 12 for Swindon. Mm. So, progress in terms of goals um, straight away in the league for Davison with Swindon Town. But... Uh, yeah, like we've already discussed, there was an equaliser. There's two talking points here. The the fact that it was given as a free kick to Sutton oh, in the first too, place. Yeah. <laughs> um, watching it back, Sutton annoyed for um, shirt pulling, but I'm watching it over and over again. And all I'm seeing is is the the player who is supposed to be the victim just swipe him down, swipe Dion Conroy out of the game. Yeah, it was a... It was a confused refereeing performance. Um, and I'm not sure it was an easy game to referee because there was a lot of tussling through the match and no more so than Davison actually coming back to Davison. But I, I mean, I reckon Davison in the match was fouled five or six times by the, the centre-half up his ass, And the ref, well, at least he was consistent. He let it go all night. Um, meanwhile, Baudry and Conroy, who were particularly up against the number 26, Bennett, were giving away a good three or four inches. You know, they really had to grapple and use every little bit of professionalism and experience to to compete in the air. And again, the ref, consistency, I suppose, let a lot of it go. But it needed some policing, definitely, over the night because the crowd got more frustrated, the players got more frustrated. Um, And then on the flip side, just giving some very, very... Soft, soft fouls, which just caused derision in the middle of the pitch. Stopping quick free kicks. Just really bitty, hot, you know, horrible refereeing performance, really. And we'll come on, obviously, to the, the stuff later in the game as well. But <laughs> what, what did you make of uh, the size of each linesman, Rich? And I appreciate there's some stones being thrown in glass houses on my part. But for... for <laughs> Linesmen of the Football League, they were particularly one on the Don Rogers side. You no, know, you might as well have just got off the train from Cheltenham, for all I know. Ultimately, how high the stakes are in football, we're still relying on part-timers to officiate games. Doesn't make sense. I I can't imagine it's a it would be the most expensive enterprise in the world either. You know, but then again, some very good officials are in very good pay, well paid jobs, and we might lose them. But then 
put more money into the training of officials. Yeah, I don't think I'm wrong when I say, I think, is it championship and up? The officials are professional. And obviously, by insinuation, League One and down are not. Um, well, doesn't that tell? Doesn't that tell you how the EFL or the FA consider League One and League Two? Then, well, maybe on the one hand, it does show you the regard they hold. But also on the other, I can't imagine grassroots officialdom is a thriving scene because weekly you read and hear stories about. I mean, I saw one from the weekend just gone of a seventeen-year-old official who you know was called the c-word, the f-word. The, grabbed by the throat he had to abandon the game you think, well, this is a minor being abused by an adult like like bordering on actual bodily assault so actually the, through the whole of society and our beautiful game there has to be a lot more respect and i know that sounds awful because we're sat here criticizing officials on a podcast but our frustration comes from the fact that you've got fourth tier professional football with near on eight and a half thousand people watching it's quite a big industry, as Terry explained in a previous pod better than we can. Um, yeah, we just want the fourth best set of officials we can get to match the fact <laughs> it's the fourth best set of players in in the country. Um, and it's just lag it. I think, is that referee last night, Boyson? Is he 52? I saw someone say. Um, that's pretty old when you're going up against Odomeo in a foot race. Um yeah, I don't know. We can't fix it, Rich, but we can comment on the fact the ref wasn't very good. Back to the Sutton equaliser, it looks offside. Well, watching it live, me and Joe up in um, D7 Upper of the Don Rogers, we had very good view across the line and it looked like at least three or four Sutton players were ahead of the high line. As an aside, I really don't like the high line for defending free kicks. Though you could argue... If they were offside, then they've worked the high line perfectly. It's just the officials haven't done their part of the bargain. But, yeah, I mean, Ghana, to my surprise, post-match, didn't go all in on the offside, which surprised me because, you know, that's what the crowd were up for, whereas Ghana was talking more about Baudry being blocked off. He wants the read thing rescinded, so he was being all nicey-nicey yeah. until he went in at 20 past 10, which we'll get to a bit later. <laughs> goading celebrations from the opposition is on the increase. Is, is this the McCurdy effect kicking in? I think it's because we're a big club in this league. <laughs> uh, and I don't say that big-headedly. Um, coming and playing in front of 8,200 on a Tuesday night is doesn't happen very often, unless you're a Bradford or a Swindon or at a push, Bristol Rovers. Um, and so naturally, it's a big goal when you score away at town. And I think we saw plenty of that in the De Canio season too. It's almost the fact De Canio was in the dugout, really wound teams up. Um, We're a bigger scalp in this league than we are in the league above, where we are fair to middling, let's say. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Swindon players love it, don't they, wherever they go and score. Yeah, which is what makes me think (laughs) why we see so many teams this season. The first thing they want to do is knee slide into the way end or, or have a... Have a little uh, shush sign to the town end, people. Oh, good so, for you, Joe, I mean, it's, it's not a sin. Good for you. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly. It feels like I've seen a rise in um, in that sort of celebration. You know, especially early in the game. So it's come on. It's only the twenty eighth minute. Yeah, I mean, no, we dish enough out. We can't moan about that. But um, no, back to the high line, which is something Swindon have attempted a good dozen times this season with mixed success. Um, it really makes me uncomfortable. Uh, and I say this as a man who sat there before the free kick was taken saying, this makes me uncomfortable, Joe. What was Joe doing to you at that time? He's only a small man, Joe, and he, to my right, <laughs> bless him. Um, he was probably just trying to cuddle in, keep warm. But no, as, with my defenders head on, just from my Sunday league days, and again, this is no professional background at all, but when you have a line that high, for me, Wallacott has to be another three or four yards out, almost to the point where he's inviting the free kick taker to try and lob him. Because when you leave that huge chasm, you know, set piece takers are good enough to stick it in no man's land. And the problem you've got then is all of your defenders are running, you know, facing their own goal, which I, I think if you're 
just defend the set pieces properly, please, and just line up on the edge of the box. It would just give me so much more comfort because then your body shape is much more side-on, bordering on, you know, actually facing up the pitch as you're trying to go up and win that first header. It just all When you're that high, everything's facing the goal. And, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Love Strangers listeners? Does it make you uncomfortable? It makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Are we looking for Ben Garner to change his tactics just to make you feel more comfortable? Please, because I don't, I don't get a football <laughs> to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Pit the wrong team, Dan. <laughs> well, true. Got a lifetime's experience. Again, that's spicy flame it from the corners. Tried to get Swindon moving quickly, and they were chance on the right hand side. Right over the top, Swindon man will get to it, flicks it over. Nelson, Swindon with a chance, and it's gone in. 1 0. Josh Davison is the scorer, an assist by the goalkeeper, Joseph Wollacott. And this is where the game kind of turns from the, the good fun that we were having in the first 25 minutes or so, and then the game sort of descended into what it became in the second half too, which was, you know, we had chances. I think um, there was a cross for Davison from a free kick where he glanced his head mm-hmm. wide. There was just this sudden downgrade in quality, wasn't there? Yeah, it, the goal turned the game into the game that Sutton wanted it to be, which was a scrap. Channel balls, high balls, you know, making Swindon's fullbacks go up for header after header. Um, whereas in the first 20 or 25 minutes, what Swindon did so well was control the ball and actually set the pitch up as you want it, which was, you know, get McCurdy off really wide, get Williams off really wide on the other wing, which is going to drag out their full-backs. And actually, Iandolo and Aguiar then um, sort of benefit from those spaces of the stretch certain defence. But, yeah, probably there was spells in both halves, probably 10 or 15 minutes long, where the game became the game that Sutton wanted. Um, and to Swindon's credit, they saw out both storms. Um, I'm really struggling to think of a major save Wallacott's had to make. There was one quite a nicely hit volley edge of the box in the second half, which is straight at Wallacott, fortunately. I think if that had been three or four yards either side of him, that would have been a very good save. But much as in the reverse fixture, Swindon stood the test um, physically in terms of fitness, you know, given that we obviously played on Saturday um, and you know, went on to finish the first half quite well, back on the front foot. Um, who was it? Crossed from the right and McCurdy came steaming in, left foot, shot just over the bar. It was quite a good chance for McCurdy given his previous finishing prowess. But yeah, half time probably gives Swindon a, a good chance to, to regroup and well, happily, four minutes after half time, the um, the lead was restored. It certainly was offside too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> classic linesman <laughs> leveling it up. So, what are we yeah, on about moaning? They, they've leveled it up on the night, and they is this proof that it evens itself out? Well, I certainly think, given the stick the officials took, <laughs> there may be some unconscious bias um, slipping in there. Um, there's probably two offside shouts. One. I didn't get a good look at, and nor did I follow, which was Kwamroy's clever free kick um, sort of down the left flank for the on-running Williams. So I couldn't tell you if that was offside or not. He looked eerily ahead of the defenders, um, but I certainly think his ball across the face of goal, which did go forward um, for McCurdy to finish, I think, I think McCurdy was ahead of the ball. Um, watching it live, so yeah, probably, you know, if but if all the decisions had gone correctly, it would have been one 0 to Swindon. Uh, but with the the two incorrect decisions, it was two one. So we can't make too much, I suppose. No, it's a lovely ball from Dion Conroy oh, to yeah, Williams, and that's it? what Conroy gives you. That's why we're so frustrated with Conroy in the last couple of months because he has got these performances in him. Against Oldham and against Sutton last night, he has led that defence brilliantly, used the ball so intelligently, and his range of long passing 
is very, very good. Bordering on exquisite for this level. So it's all, it feels a little bit like a new sign-in, dare I say. Um, I definitely, I mean, to, you know, people were having kittens ahead of the game last night about, uh, you know, your two centre-halves being Conroy and, and Baldry. But, you know, I don't think O'Brien could have done a better job, frankly, on, on those two last night. But um, one of the main protagonists in the goal, Williams, Excellent, excellent first touch. Perfect cross. McCurdy, in the form he's in, couldn't miss and didn't. But more generally, I think Williams' first half performance um, was superb, actually. Um, barely any falling about. No, um, you know, histrionics. Just doing his talking with the football. Um Similar to the first half at Bradford, actually, where I thought he was very, very effective. So, yeah, when he's hot, he's hot, Johnny. And he seemed quite, not grumpy is the word, but there was a few things that went against him and it riled him, but it, it did it in a positive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, you know, the the flip side is the performance at Exeter, which was you know, pitiful, really, from a highly experienced, talented player on a night where you're missing a few. It just... Yeah, seem to spend more time on the floor. But this Williams, you know, playing off the left, picking up those little pockets between their defence and midfield, no, just he does such damage. It's, it's great to watch. So, yeah, I thought it tired a little bit in the second half. I thought, you know, the, the defensive work for a forward-thinking player like him does get a bit tiresome, I imagine. Um, and we saw him replaced by Egbo with... 10 minutes to go, which seemed um, a sensible substitution. It got McCurdy out onto the, the left flank and then he started terrorising the right back. Um, <laughs> and fantastic moment as McCurdy skinned the, the right back, um, leading to the incident that got Reed sent off. The, the right back tried his absolute darndest to get sent off by uh, swinging a leg at McCurdy, but McCurdy was actually too quick for his own good. If he'd just taken the contact, that would have been a red card and a penalty, I'm sure. Um, but as it is, um, potentially missing Reedy. I mean, the rest of the game turns into, you know, long balls, frustrating moments where the referee blows for free kicks, um, stop start. The only peril in my mind is, oh, they've got a corner and we're rubbish yeah. at set pieces at the moment. But we, we never looked like we were in any danger. We dealt with anything that did come our way pretty reasonably. I agree, yeah. to, so it, it takes us to injury time I gotta be honest I'm not at the greatest angle in in the county ground when I see this but the first thing I thought was dive um it looked like an unnatural sort of uh fall to the ground um a lot of people who watched it on iFollow said now he's he's embarrassed himself there but the club are convinced they've got footage that says otherwise and And I imagine from other angles and pictures pictures, you can't you cannot forget the pictures because pictures you know tell a thousand thousand <laughs> stories and often what you want them to say but I think it needs to be video um, for this to one to be convincing Lou Reed's our best player this season but this will be the second time in injury time well <laughs> it was the end of the game last time wasn't it yes a game he didn't even play he didn't need that penalty if he would have just I mean McCurdy's got a score that was odd from such a confident striker on a hot streak and if you're going to miss, hit it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, don't give the goalkeeper a chance to scoop the ball away from your feet. Just blast it. So there's, here's me. Look at this. Here's me blaming McCurdy for Reed getting sent off. But that's not the case at all. Do you want my hot take, Rich? Give me a hot take and make sure it's absolutely boiling. Somebody on Facebook, thank you to whoever did, shared like a, a super slow-mo of the incident. I don't know if you've seen it, Rich. No, I haven't. Or others. Well, maybe we'll... um. Go find it on Facebook. It's on one of the Swinning Town fan groups. And I think it's neither a penalty nor a dive is where okay. I've come down on it, which sounds like a fantastic piece of fencing. But um, the keeper definitively does not get the ball. So that's the first thing to say. Second thing to say is the keeper's hand does touch Reedy's foot. Now, a hand brushing a grown man's foot doesn't send a grown man to the floor is, is another thing to say. But, rightly or wrongly, we do live in an era where there is a culture of, you know, I've felt contact, so I'm going down. 
And you hear it a lot where, you know, he's been too honest, stayed on his feet. If he'd have gone down, he would have got it. You know, you hear that in punditry, um, you know. So I've got sympathy for Reedy. Out the right, out of his right eye, he's seeing the keeper come out. And here's mine, he's thinking, if I get to the ball first, I'll take the contact, I'll hit the deck, it's a pano, Paney slots it in, 3-1, we have another bundles in front of the town. Head. And so actually, probably the right thing to do, given that the keeper doesn't get the ball, Reed does get touched, but, you know, it's not enough to send him to the floor, really. You know, just play on, because as, as it happened, Iandolo hits hits the crossbar with the next with the next effort anyway. But yeah, in came the ref charging in. So yeah, that, that that's my take. Is you could have just played on, avoid the issue, ref. A few fans have observed that the referee was very quick was. to get those cards out, and it, it felt like he anticipated the dive. Yeah, well, my other friend, not the Lincoln one, um, had been calling for five minutes that the ref had got a clangor in him, like the ref was going to have one last big say in this match because he'd been so hopeless. And a couple of minutes before that, there was a query handball. I think it was even in the same move, wasn't it? Sort of 20 seconds before, there was a query handball by Egbo, quite similar to the Cooper one up at Bradford, which, you know, I, I, I think given that his arms stayed by his side, I think I think we're fine. But that <laughs> that was my worry, was that that was going to be the clangor. He was going to give the penalty against Egbo for handball, which would have given Sutton a, you know... <sighs> Badly deserved 2-2. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed. Gartner sounded quite hopeful, bordering on, buttering up the ref post-match, um, that he had the option to rescind the yellow. Swindon can't appeal a yellow, so it has to be a, uh, a rescind in the referee's match report. So all hope is not lost, but those referees, they famously like to change their minds, Rich, don't they? I don't know. I, I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the data to uh, tell me when they've they've changed their minds. But put it this way: I'll be surprised if it's rescinded. Okay. Well, the game was won. It won't bother Sutton in the slightest. There was no penalty. Come on, just rescind, rescind, man. <laughs> because really, it's so important. Do not know how Reed important is he is. So important to us. So, I mean, it, it, it's two games if if it's not rescind, rescinded, and that's Crawley and Rochdale. Two games that Swindon will be expected to win, mm. but two games where you want people like Lou, <laughs> Lou Reed playing. Who did we lose? There was two games recently he was missing after the Crawley red card. It was the home defeat against Exeter, wasn't it? And the home defeat against... No, up at Tramia, wasn't it? We got walloped. So, our... Our readless record isn't great, and it's three weeks between between yes. games because there. of the um, the because of the Forest Green um, gap. So Newport yeah. um, will be his um, Ben Wills Derby will be his return. Ben Wills is Newport County, of course, <laughs> um, doing absolutely exceptionally Aren't well, they? and yeah. I'm sure he's taking credit for it as he should. There was a lot of Newport <laughs> chat on the Alice Pod. Ah, what too group? much? Yeah, so two one, nice, lovely stuff, but. Good scenes at the end. Lovely scenes at the end. A mixture of happiness and bemoaning the referee. <laughs> yeah, Connor. Connor in particular was very, um, very enamoured by the hate towards the officials. He, what, what was his words? He hadn't seen hate like that for the officials for a long, long time or something. And he's right. There was um, some solid booing. The the angriest in a in a non hugely important game was Huddersfield Town. Under Malpass, I think Ooh, it was. Oh, was that the 3-0 up and then we had two men sent off? Correct. And they were both absolute 100% red cards, <laughs> but every, everything else was was an absolute farce from memory. And it was very cold and barely anyone was there, but I was visiting from the northeast yeah. that week. I was I listening to game at Plymouth Uni to that. And it, I just remember it being torturous. The Swindon somehow oh. clung on. Yeah, and, and, and it really wasn't. I, I think I remember... Must have been McNamee early into his Swindon career. Just looked insanely good, but I think he was up against Frank Sinclair, who was at the tail ah. end of his career. Well, if, <laughs> if, if, if it goes like the rest of Frank Sinclair's career, I'm guessing he scored no goal in that match. He did not. He did oh, not. He's the but only goal king, wasn't he? Painter's save, um, which resulted in a penalty, which they scored. <laughs> but you know, there's neither here or there. And Peacock got sent off for an awful foul. 
really, really nasty one. But there, like I said, the decisions elsewhere were just, come on, man. <laughs> Sort yourself out. Um, 2-1 Swindon, lovely stuff. Um, we now move on to Crawley. Only got nine games ne- left now. It's really is a quick turnover. Um, this time in two months, it'll be all done and dusted unless we're in the playoffs. Crawley, Rochdale, Newport, Harrogate, Orient, Hartlepool, Forest Green, Barrow and Walsall. That rearranged fixture for Forest Green could be an incredibly well set yes. up game. Yes, Um from a long way out, it looks tantalising, doesn't it? They could, I don't know, they could need a win to secure promotion. They might be trying to secure the title. Let's hope, in a funny way, they're on the beach, really, um, having got the title in the bag. As, as much as you know, it would be annoying for them to win the league, um, we're, only, we're only really worried about Swindon here. Um, but yeah, I mean, wouldn't that be a great occasion? Clock's gone forward, some better weather, sat in the cricket club at six o'clock, big crowd. You know, why wouldn't Sky Sports televise that? It's about time they put on a fixture outside the championship. Another Swindon versus Forest Green <laughs> game on the Sky is probably not what they're looking for. The, the playoffs look like it could be a very locally sort of... Uh, I think if Tramier went up, you could have Newport, Exeter, Swindon, Bristol Rovers. Which is like some sort of wartime Southwest Alliance League. Yeah. But wouldn't that be fun and awful at the same time? <laughs> but actually, the point stands that top 10, given Port Vale's two games in hand on us and we're five points ahead of them, and Mansfield's three games in hand, five points behind us, there are 10 teams in the mix. I would probably say. Given Sutton's injury crisis, Wembley distraction, and the fact they've lost the last two, probably Sutton are going to be at the bottom of that pecking order. But that leaves nine pretty good squads, pretty good managers. I mean, have pretty good seasons. Two are going to miss out. And this could be the year, you know, despite the fact it's down to seventh, which normally means it's a slightly lower points total to get the plus. This could be a year where someone misses out on 77 or 76, 77, which would be balmy, really. Let's hope it's not us. For me, and I hope these other conversations going on within the Swindon squad, is actually we want to keep punching up. We want to be thinking second or third, because that is why we're in grasp. Northampton, as we know, taking four points off them. Newport, we've had three points already. We'll take six. Um, yeah, it's that second and third are not out of reach. That's where we want to be aiming, and then hopefully the playoffs take care of themselves. But it's going to be tense. But this is good. This is business end of the season. Every game matters. It's going to be great. It's just nice to be up there. I'm I'm in New York for that game against Forest Green. Maybe I could find that pub where the heavens the heavens oh, yeah. devils frequent, and you know, get the hooligan fat, <laughs> get the wall paint out, and um, have a lovely chat with them. My. Uh, Fandom has been questioned by myself for arranging a trip at what is now pretty much confirmed as the most crucial part of the season. <laughs> um, the pod will continue, though, Dan. Yeah, well done, Connor. But on a more serious point, it's well, whilst it's annoying to have an empty weekend, and you know my view on uh, empty weekends, I despise them. But given the injuries in our squad. The fact that Gladwin, uh, Tomlinson, uh, who's it? Who else in the mix? Barry are probably two or three weeks away from from fitness. It actually a backloaded April is good for us, right? That's got to be good for us. Um, we've got five games in April after April the fifteenth. So if you can get these boys fit and keep the ones you've got playing well now fit, um. Yeah, I, re- I really do think, and this is no cockiness involved, I, I, I do think Swindon want to be looking up. The temptation is to look down, particularly when you've got sides like Bristol Rovers, who've come up on the rails incredibly fast. Mansfield and Port Vale with games in hand. I think we just want to keep punching up and the playoffs will look after themselves. Yeah, we'll unleash all the cliches. Um, we just need to <laughs> worry about our own games. Because, like, I think at one stage... Last night, as people were, you know, showing their phones around me, I think we were third at one stage again, and then dropped down 
to seventh or sixth or whatever, and then we shoot. It's gonna that's gonna happen. You know, look at Mansfield, look at Sutton. They were third a week ago. Yeah, um, it, it's it's gonna happen, and we can't just look at the table and go, well, that's it. At the same time, we can't be disheartened that we're seventh or whatever because one victory could could change it all. But the the games are running out, and we're still winning, and we are winning despite the opposition going for draws. You know, playing a negative game to try and stop Swindon from playing whatever whatever and instead of us missing out on three points we're getting them and that is what needs to continue yeah and um the other factor I think to consider is of Swindon's last nine I've seen a few people point this out today I think it is only the games against Forest Green and Newport um, to play in that top 10 there's a few teams nestled in mid-table who are hopefully going to be on the beach um you know you could say on the flip side make some quite dangerous opponent but I'd always rather be the team with something to gain going into those uh late season games yeah yeah Exeter have got to play five of the top 10 in their last wow, uh, how really? many have they got 11 games but they're a good team they're the team I fancy are pretty much Gonna finish in the top three along with Forest Green. Of what I've seen of them, they they've been excellent. Excellent. They've beat us twice. I beat us well. I'd be very surprised if they're not in the top three. So I, I think there's one spot left for us: Northampton, Tranmere, Newport. Where is to uh, to squabble over? I'm looking around. Next season, we could be joined. If we say in League Two, we could be joined by Stockport Crew, Doncaster, Morecambe, and Fleetwood. Let's Ugh. get out of here now. Yeah. <laughs> so some, don't get me wrong there's some hardy away days there but come on give me Ipswich Sunderland Oxford something like that please Redden could yet come down come on Barnsley I don't want to be a part of any Wrexham circus either I don't, uh, you know, let's I, avoid I, that for another season let's get out of this division so we can at least go oh Cheltenham but be in a different <laughs> level <laughs> Oh, man of the match, um, oh, the yeah, listeners. Match. It, it was it was really really close actually. If it, if I did if I had realised it was so close, I probably would have put it to a um, a poll. But there was one vote in it. So other nominees for man of the match. Uh, Rob Hunt got a good few. Davison, who was actually the man of the match, as voted by the sponsors, um, he got a few. Dion got a couple. Um, third place with a nice handful was Akin Odomeo yet again. Yeah, he, he's he, acknowledged for playing really well, and we, we haven't, haven't mentioned him. We haven't mentioned him, but that's part of his charm. Is actually when's he put a foot wrong? And he's playing as a right-footed centre half at left back, and the last two games he's just been superb. Um, I'm really pleased he's back in the team. Actually, that's the one silver lining to the Cooper injury. Not that we wanted Cooper or Tomlinson to get injured, but Akin really does deserve to play every week given his uh, ability and um you know his growth as a, a young player he joined from Redden under 23 so yeah he, he's a versatile old boy like he's gonna he's gonna have a great career older may I just hope it's here for another two or three years definitely agree he got the third he got third place second place and there was only one vote in this and there were a hefty amount of votes it was Matthew Baudry yes Frenchie he is a certain specialist Play two, one, yes. two, and it's two of the most difficult <laughs> nights of the season. He's, yep, uh, he's exactly. deputised brilliantly. He had a great game. He's actually, I know we're going to quad this, but that is my man of the match, Mathieu. Mathieu. McCurdy gets the listeners' man of the match uh, for all the stuff we know he can do. And I'm trying to think of the last time we had a player where, like, I hear fans in the stands, grown grown adults, and they're giddy whenever he's on the ball or tries anything. <laughs> they they are absolutely in love with this guy. But I absolutely love to see his popularity grow. Yes, um, he's a rock star. Um, yeah. He, you know, is second in the man of the match stakes for me to Baudry. And it's, it's a close run thing. Um, I've got no problem with him taking the overall man of the match at all. He was um, excellent again. I just wanted to rattle off some some stats. I popped on Twitter last night um, and been getting quite a lot of interaction on today. The 15 starts he's had in the calendar year 2022, he's got 12 goals, six assists, 
And, you know, if that had been August to November, you know, he would be getting national acclaim. Um, the fact he's sort of done it slightly later in the season, people look at the goal scoring charts and see he's on 18 and are thinking, okay, well, he's good. But you just have to realise how consistent McCurdy's being now. Um, so that the, you know, really is just the odd poor game. Um, I can think Scunthorpe at home, I don't think he had a very good game, but he still scored. And so he really is reliable goal scorer. And he's only been booked twice, calendar year 22, in um, 15 appearances. So even on the discipline side, I think um, he's found a manager, he's found a team which love him, he loves us, and he's playing the best football of his career. It's, it's just brilliant to watch. I love it. Absolutely is. Um, love every bit of it. And I said in the first half, he'll get his goal. You could just tell yeah. he'll get his goal, you know, mood, when he's he? on it. Yeah, he's in the mood. So um, brilliant. And that's pretty much it. Other than breaking news as we record in League Two, um, it was rumoured earlier on, but Stevenage, they've got rid of uh, former uh, Swindon Town link, Paul Tisdale, um, and appointed Steve Evans. Steve Evans? Oh, no. Have we got to play them? No, thank God. No. Yeah, thank goodness we've dropped points oh. against this season. Ugh. So oh, sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do to stay Steve in the EFL. Oh. Eh? Uh, well, what a shocker. Paul Tisdale got another job and it's gone wrong again. And can he stop being in the Swindon Town bookies lists when Ghana gets nabbed by Arsenal in two years? I, I just think there's a, there's an age bracket, probably maybe mid-30s upwards, that just remember the hype that Tisdale had 15 years ago or so. And the teams that you know looked actively looked to recruit Paul Tisdale but that ship sailed a long, long time ago. And even, you know, a couple of years before Exeter, we left Exeter, fans wanted him gone. You know, it, it was, and now everything he's done since is um, not gone too well, except a football consultant role he had at Colchester when they stayed up, maybe. But maybe that's what his future is. Yeah, the, uh, the power of the cravat is... Uh... No more. No more. Unless you're in the Cheltenham races. <laughs> oh, a whole lot of stuff was edited out of this episode, but <laughs> a thoroughly enjoyable one, if not a little chaotic. Dan, thank you very much. Thanks, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.